The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Zion Christian Academy, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Coach's Corner, Fast Stop Convenience Stores, Lee Company, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, coming to you from the Lee Company Studio, WKOM 101, WZYX 94.5, The Eagle. Good to have you all with us here on this Thursday edition of the show. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about the Murray County Jamboree as it will kick off at six o'clock as soon as we go off the air. So catch us out at Lindsay Nelson. We will be at Lindsay Nelson tomorrow because they got lights. We will, we will be at Lindsay Nelson tomorrow. <laughs> CA and Good Pasture at six. Spring Hill and Dixon County at seven. And the nightcap has the host Lions and Creekwood. So yeah. Looking forward to it. Gonna be fun. A little football under the lights. Game unis, officials, chain gangs, folks paying to get in, <laughs> all those things, all those things and more. Two quarters each, so not not actual games. I love that we call them two quarters because <laughs> two period, two twelve minute periods. <laughs> yeah, there's there's going to be six quarters. Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna, they're going to play a game and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, three halves, six quarters. Three, three halves, yeah. <laughs> Two 12-minute periods because uh, Chris Yao takes everything hey, literally. What did we say earlier? Words have meaning. <laughs> Words do have meaning. <laughs> Former student. <laughs> Josh Tomlin. God, I didn't even know he was still on the roster. Well, that's because we've not had to go to anybody in the second or third in quite some time. I, for, I, little, I literally forgot Josh Tomlin was still in Atlanta Braves. Well, uh, I wish you hadn't had to be reminded today. Ah, uh, well, I mean, honestly, at this point, we, we've taken two out of three. We've we've stolen their 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 will to live a couple times. <laughs> Apparently, so, not today though. <laughs> and so they, you know, we, we we just wanted to be, you know, good stewards and good good hosts and. Send them on their way with a little Showing bit. Showing them a little Southern hospitality. A little hospitality. Huh? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Braves trailing four to one here in the top of the third. Runners on first and second with one out. Uh, Josh Tomlin pitching uh, here in the third. So, anyway, let's talk about last night because <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Uh, I went to bed after the 10th because I, I, I couldn't stomach it anymore. I couldn't stomach that – you know, just the little things, you know, the little things are, are very frustrating. Guillermo Heredia 
pulls his bat back. Oh, Jesus. Oh, a ground rule double. Are you kidding me? Oh, they are striping the ball tonight or this afternoon, this evening. Both. It's been evening the entire time in Atlanta. So, <laughs> anyway, you know, pulls his bat back on an 84 mile an hour fastball right down the middle, and you're trying to bunt over a guy. And it was at the thigh. Perfect ball to bunt. Just put it down. Stop. Just put it down. Period. Get it done. Yeah, little things not getting done are, are particularly irritating. Um, and this team seem to not down. do them mm -hmm. on a lot of occasions. But nonetheless, they get the win. Uh, eight to six in 11, thanks to a shot from left-handed hitting Ozzy Albies in the 11th, a three-run homer to walk it off and win the game. And the reason we're here in the 11th <laughs> is because once again, once again, we've trotted Will Smith out to the bump in the ninth inning down by two. And all he does is hit a guy and then give up a game-tying home run to Joey Votto. Now, as I told you earlier, as I told you earlier, I can't be mad at the home run to Joey Votto. One, it's Joey Votto. He's, it, despite being 37 years old, this may be the best season he's had in 10 years. Mm -hmm. All right? Guys playing fantastic. Well done. Joey Votto hits a homer. It is what it is. Not mad about that. No, not mad about the home run. One, it was a good pitch. I mean, it wasn't even a strike. Votto just went down, got it, and hit it out of the ballpark. It, it, that's going to happen with really good ball players. So not, not frustrated there. What I am frustrated about is that it was a game-tying home run because he hit a guy. You're the closer. You can't hit people. Period. You can't hit people. Make them earn their way on. Yep, that's that. That is the closer's job. I mean, if you make them earn their way on and they hit good pitches or whatever, then it is what it you. is. They're getting paid too. But hitting folks ahead of Joey Votto is not the recipe to success, as we saw last night. Clearly. And now this I brings up a conversation that you and I had earlier today. On let, our way to town. Let me before we get to that. Let, mm -hmm. let me get to uh, David O'Brien had a stat or had Will Smith's stats over the last three over the last three or five games, something like that. His last three games, I believe. Um, I'm not sure if I can find it quick enough, unfortunately. Ah, here it is. Got it. Giving up five runs, five hits, two homers, two walks, and hit a batter. Blew two of the three saves in that span. That's With, in his last three appearances? In those in his last three appearances. Now, he did he did get the save. Jesus Christ. Three run homer. All right. Um, there's that. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, just, just turn that off. We don't need that anymore. He did get the save. 
two nights ago. He did. It wasn't easy, but he got it. He gave up an extra base hit in that one, didn't he? Um, Walking an extra base hit, I think. Yes. Yeah, gave up a double mm-hmm. and walk. So, anyway, I guess this does bring up that point. And what was so amazing about this point is that I'm getting ready to tell it to you, and you're like, before you tell me, let me tell you what you're about to say. <laughs> and I thought, this wouldn't surprise me if you're reading my mind, but I mean, we, we've, we've said it on this show. I mean, typically we have the same thoughts a lot, but I don't think I've heard anybody else say this, Mo. I think I've not heard anybody else say what you're about to say, and I'm going to let you say it <laughs> again. Brian Snitker manages his bullpen and his closer in particular like he's a minor league manager. Why is that? Because minor league managers put people in positions that they are going to play at the next level to get them ready to play that position at that level. So you're developing. So we're going to continue to run this guy out, and the result isn't necessarily the end goal. The end goal is getting him the experience in that position. So that's why. You continue to see certain people in certain places at certain times. 40 years ish, Mm -hmm. 36 of them in the minor leagues. No, 40, 45 years, 40, 40 in the the minors. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 40 years in the minor league system, the last five he spent as the Braves manager. It only makes sense that it's the only way he knows how to manage. There are reasons that, minor league managers are minor league managers. And when Snitker was hired, I thought it was a good hire because we needed that stability throughout the the system. Sure. But you are in the prime of your best players' careers. You have to be better than what Brian Snitker has been. And it's not about wins and losses or anything like that. It's about his inability to understand how to manage at the major league level. Well, I mean, again, minor league managers, minor league coaches are about developing players for the major leagues. Major league managers, major league coaches are about putting guys in the best position to be successful and for the team to be successful and success at the major league level is measured in wins and losses, you know, short of exit velocity, but that's and spin rate. That's another story for another day, but you know, winning it. I mean, that's the measurement games won. If I'm paying you to be my closer, if I, you need to close, if I owe you forty million one dollar bills in American U.S. currency, <laughs> therefore, your job is to get three outs in the ninth inning and not lose. Ideally, with as little drama as possible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, though, I understand that shutdown closers are 
few and far between. Well, it's tough. I I get that they're few and far between. You're you're not going to get what we got out of Kimbrel forever, and and not many people do get that from their closure. You're not going to see a lot of Mariano Rivera's or Eric Gagne, and Eric Gagne wasn't good, but for about five years. So you're just not going to get it for an extended period of time. I get that. But when you've got guys like Richard Rodriguez in the bullpen and you continue to trot out Will Smith after giving up two run homers to Riley Adams and whatnot, it's, it's a problem. So the problem is, and we have finally figured it out. We've cracked the code that Brian Snitker manages the Atlanta Braves as if they He's are managing a, at Gwinnett as if he is managing in Gwinnett or Mississippi or anywhere else. There you go. Mo, give us his damn Braves history. On August 12th, 1987, the Atlanta Braves sent veteran pitcher Doyle Alexander to the American League East title contending Detroit Tigers in exchange for a class double-A pitcher drafted two years earlier out of the Michigan high school ranks. Alexander went 9-0 with a 1-5-3 ERA and 11 starts for the Tigers who won the AL East but lost in the American League Championship Series to the Twins in five games. Alexander finished fourth in AL Cy Young voting off that effort. The minor league pitcher acquired by the Braves wound up winning 213 career games and saving 154, the only major league pitcher to do that while going 15-4 and four in postseason play and entering the Hall of Fame in 2015, his first year of eligibility, John Smoltz. Bonus. Bonus. It's exciting. <laughs> August 12th is a big day in Braves history. On August 12th, 1984, a Sunday afternoon game between the NL West leading San Diego Padres and the second place Braves became a battle royale as a record 17 players were ejected following a 10-minute brawl that capped a series of batters thrown at and hit and the ejections of both teams' managers along with a couple of acting managers for the Padres. There you go. It was a whole ordeal. A whole ordeal, as I would say. Yeah. All right. Sounds and bats again tonight, 5.30 p.m. in Louisville at Louisville Slugger Field. Alec Bettinger, 2-3 and three with a 4.37 going against Michael Marriott, 2-3 and three with a 3.40. Uh, sounds got the 8-5 win last night. Corey Ray was two, a two-run homer and was a triple short of the cycle. Bryce Terang had a home run as well. Uh, Terrain Mariano Feliciano back to back homers in the second inning. Uh, the first time since uh, June 23rd when Lopes and Jamie Westbrook did it against Charlotte. So there you go. Olympian Jamie Westbrook. There you go. All right. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. We visit with Teresa Walker right after this. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. to the two-tone blue covering the teams you care about 
It's only on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. JP gave us the thumbs up. He was like, hey, I got this. Don't, don't test me, bro. I got this. I got this, man. That's, that's why he's a professional. We're going to figure this out. When, we, when we're able to figure this out without having to, and, and we can get things going, it's going to be cool. Yeah, because clearly we don't have it all figured out like some people do. <laughs> JP just dropped his head. That's so good. Oh, man. I'm just saying. He's not some saying. people got it all figured out. Some people we do. don't. We don't yet. <laughs> Wait till we do that. We're working on Take it. A, we're going to pinky and brain this. <laughs> hey, he's got them. Might as well use them. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. What it is when I do have the buttons, though. It's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> Hot takes. We're gonna have a a sound effect war now. <laughs> gonna be fun. Uh, buzz, buzz. <laughs> buzz, buzz. Coming up on the bottom of hour number two on this Thursday edition. Once again, happy to have you with us on WKOM one one seven FM ninety four five The Eagle WZYX. Stick around after the show. If you're listening on the Eagle, you can hear Will Davis and the Sports Mix live coming to you. If you're not listening on WZYX, well, you should be after our show. Just pull them up on uh, WZYXradio.net or tune in radio or just tell Alexa. She'll play it for you. I know she will. I've tried it. So, exciting because in this segment, we get a chance to talk about... Um, jet lag and <laughs> and and all sorts of and we also get to talk about pancakes and sweet tea pancakes sweet tea jet lag and uh waiting on your covid test so should be fun as we are joined by tennessee sports editor for the associated press teresa walker teresa welcome in welcome back glad to have you I bet you could. Um, tell me this, Teresa. Tell me this, because I'm not going to lie. I know how happy your son was to see you leave. What type of reception did you get at 11-something p.m. Monday night when you got back? He was happy to see me when I got back. You know, he and my husband both like to kid an awful lot about uh, things like uh, wanting peace and quiet in the house and things like that. But, you know, let's just face it. It just takes a day or so away without me. And then suddenly they realize how much they need me and miss me. It is great. So how was Tokyo? Well, it was hot, you know, for all the people, including my husband, who kept saying, it, it's so hot here. And I'm like, yes, it is. But you know what? It was there too. In fact, a week ago, it, you know, I, I did a, I checked it just to be sure. Now, yes, I was in an, uh, an air conditioned arena 
uh, thank the Lord. And some of my colleagues, unfortunately, had to work outside. Um, but it was 110 degrees, feels like cap, last, this time last week in Saitama. So, you know, we did not escape the heat. Uh, and in fact, in some areas, it was, it was hotter than here. So, you know, I'm just saying, we didn't, we didn't escape it. Uh, that said, it was weird being in Japan because I didn't get to see a lot of it. Uh, you know, what I saw was essentially from my hotel room and from the bus and the, and the cab that took me to my hotel. That was it. The one time I finally got out of the hotel past quarantine, because quarantine meant that for 14 days, and since I didn't get technically officially into Japan until Friday, July 23rd, uh, I didn't clear quarantine for, you know, until Friday. And unfortunately, or, you know, this last Friday, we had four games that day, so I didn't get a chance to do anything aside from walk back to my hotel until that Saturday. And guys, I was so proud. I felt so American. The first place I went, the mall across the street. So what can I say? We, we went in search of food. And I, I will say the food in a mall, in, in a food court in the mall in, in Japan, really good. I had some great uh, shrimp fried rice and, and soup and you know, had some wonderful Baskin Robbins, which, you know, here's the, here's the challenge. The reason that that was so huge, um, we were limited to the restaurants in our hotel, Uber Eats, and the Lawson 24-hour convenience store. Yes, Lawson, also named after your former intern. I um, called Which that. I thought was yeah. just in incredibly ironic, but it was those who allowed us to survive during that stretch. That's interesting. You know, a you talk about the the mall and things like that. I mean, it's. I wish that we had some folks over there with like you know hamburgers and hot dogs, asking them if they want a free sample, and try it and see if they like it. Like we need so we need some American food in their food courts because that would just be fun. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. Thanks to Uber Eats, we were able to get food delivered. You know, we weren't in the midst of a huge Olympic Park. We were at the uh, Saitama Super Arena, which, ironically enough, also hosted, the, you know, the Predators played there uh, to start the right. 2000 season. I think it was a two-game stretch against Pittsburgh, and they won that opening game behind Cliff Awning. So, um, you know, we were able to use Uber Eats. And, you know, sorry, it, the easiest things to order, Domino's. The game changer was when I ordered the Domino's after, like, the third time. And I was like, guys, you know we can get large pieces, right? Instead of just medium, um, game changer. We we definitely had more pizza to eat, and uh, you know didn't have to. It's like okay, he he's had four pieces. Wait, who, how many of you had? Uh, I don't want another piece. We had enough to go around once we went to the large. You know, it's funny so, how that worked. Uh, but we were, yeah. And then the other challenge was, you know, we ordered some Wendy's, we ordered some McDonald's, uh, you know, local burger place. You know that there, we could have in five minutes. Hmm? Their McDonald's didn't have sweet tea. No, their McDonald's didn't have sweet tea. Didn't have quarter pounders either. I, I had to choose between either double cheeseburgers or the filet of fish or the Big Mac. And you know, I went for the double cheeseburger one day and the Big Mac another day. And lordy, lordy, one of the good things about going hey. overseas, McDonald's, those pies are fried, boys, the way they used to do them, and they're so good and crunchy that way. Hey. Um, yeah. Let me give you a pro tip on the Big Mac. Get get the yeah. double cheeseburger. 
and just add lettuce and mac sauce and it's cheaper and you don't get the extra piece of bread that fills you up even more. That is yeah, Chris, because I'll, I'll just say this. I really hate the extra piece of bread. I, you know, uh, in fact, when I get a Big Mac, I either put ketchup on it. And since we didn't have any ketchup, we've got some extra chicken nuggets. So I put barbecue sauce on there. So that was the first time I'd ever done that. But, you know, it, it, and then you add the challenge to this. You're ordering on Uber Eats and everything's in Japanese. So <laughs> trying, you know, using Google Translate to figure things out make sure what I'm ordering and then getting it to the point where, where it can be delivered because, you know, we're placing the order inside. Well, I, you know, the few, the several times that I placed the order, I had to turn on the, I added the uh, AT&T has a new thing for $10 a day international passport. So every time we were ordering, I'd have to turn that on, you know, and turn on my cell service so I could go outside and communicate with the delivery person. You know, because we were on the second floor, and once we figured it out, it's easy. Second floor outside security tent. But there was a couple times, one that time I had to go to walk to the end of the street and worrying, it's like, are these security guards going to get me for breaking quarantine here uh, to pick up one delivery? And, you know, but once we, you know, Domino's, boy, that was perfect. He knew exactly where it comes. So, um, but, you know, between that and then going back to the Lawson, you know, they, they stock fresh food in daily. And the egg salad sandwich, I've, I've had the egg salad sandwich at the uh, at Masters, the Lawson Convenience Store sandwich, which sold for, two, you know, it's about 211 yen, which comes out to about maybe 190 or so U.S. Oh, my, that was a delicious sandwich. I'm just saying. <laughs> Speaking with Teresa Walker of the Associated Press, who spent the last three weeks covering the Tokyo Olympics, Teresa saw your... um pictures on your Facebook page of your um, impromptu interview with Megan Rapino during the um, U.S. women's basketball teams. I guess it was the gold medal game. Gold Is that when that was? Hello? Um, yes, it was the gold medal game. Uh, you know, we, you know, we got there early because it was the last game and yeah, it was the gold medal game. So you know, we, we probably got there, you know, an hour and 40 minutes before the game. And uh, my colleague, Doug Feinberg, noticed that, uh, you know, it, you know, let's face it, Megan Rapino, the purple hair kind of stands out. And, uh, you know, I waited until she was done talking with Mary Carrillo. And, you know, after the game, I tweeted out that uh, and she couldn't, she, Megan could not have been nicer. You know, I introduced myself. I did drop my colleague's name, Annie Peterson, who's covered like the last two women's world cups and, covered uh, women's soccer in, in Rio in 2016 and, you know, again in, in Japan going all over, you know, the different sites for the game. And, and I dropped her name and, you know, Megan immediately said, oh, yeah, we love her. Uh, and I'm like, well, yeah, we all love her. She's amazing. But, you know, really nice to talk to her for a couple minutes and very grateful that my, one of my colleagues, uh, you know, Eric Gay caught a picture of that, you know, and sent it to me because, you know, because I, I have to admit, I posted on social media the the one of me talking, which, you know, always, you know, I'm always moving my hands when I talk. Uh, I think the better picture was of her responding to me because she was pretty animated in her answers. So, uh, and, and she made it clear, you know, somebody arranged it, made it easy for her to get in. And when I, when I tweeted about that later, people were all over saying, well, how'd she get in? And it's like, you know, oh, there you go. She's just breaking rules. No, 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 no. You know, yes. Uh, Sue Bird said after the game that somehow she wrangled using quotes around that, a media credential. Here's the thing. 
guys, we've all been around places where people have got media credentials who have no reason or need to have a media credential, and they're all up in our business in the places they should be. Megan Rapino used that credential, if, you know, if it was a media credential, she sat in the seats that were reserved for athletes, and she didn't get into the mix zone, she wasn't at the news conference afterwards, she didn't get in the way of any media doing their jobs, and then secondly, um, you know, she was still there, you know, her, she helped win a bronze medal on Thursday night uh, with two, two goals, including an Olympico or whatever they call it, you know, a unique goal. And she did, you know, she scored twice and their, you know, their, their gold, you know, their medal ceremony wasn't until Friday night after the uh, gold medal soccer game. And it's just the same as Serbia won, uh, I think it was Serbia. No, no, no. France won uh, bronze and they, you know, they won that uh, on Saturday. Well, they had to stick around until Sunday to get their medals uh, once the gold medal game was over. So uh, all Megan Rapinoe had to do was stick around for 36 hours, maybe that much, uh, to be able to attend these games. And, you know, I had people saying, oh, she was violating protocols or she was this. You know, people who don't like her didn't need much of a reason to find that she shouldn't have been there. Um, but the fact of the matter is this, to be there, she had to have some ability to be in the room. Yes, she did. And uh, we're, we're going to take a quick break, Teresa. You are going to stick around with us, and we appreciate that. We've got to get to a break real quick. Talk Titans on the other side on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You guys stick around. Fast Stop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. teams you care about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again live from the league company studio with the hall of famer mo Patton. here's chris yow studio was coming on that one it sounded like one of the old ones so i was like i was getting ready <laughs> just in case oh man welcome back in southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint 13 minutes to the top of the hour here hour number two on this thursday edition glad to have you with us we are still joined by Teresa walker of the associated press and before we get into titans i, I would i do want to mention this uh, as far as the olympics are concerned 
when when we were talking about Team USA and their exhibitions and we called them trash can juice, she said I'm not sure it was we, but okay. I mean, I'll go I'll go with it. I because I don't remember. Teresa said mm-hmm. don't count them out to win the gold. They're still the betting favorite. That's why she is who she is. So there you go. Well done. Trust me, I was wondering a little bit when the U.S. lost their opener to France. But, um, yeah, let's just put it this way. Yeah, it's amazing what a difference in that team Drew Holiday made. Um, and, you know, it, it's like when those three pieces joined the team, you know, about 12 hours or so, 13 hours before that game against France, and as they had a few days to kind of practice how they came together – but I'll say this, uh, you know, Kevin Durant has taken an awful lot of hits over the years about being a guy who couldn't lead a team to something. Well, guess what? If you missed his, the, that gold medal run, he led the Americans to get mm-hmm. another gold medal. I mean, that was his team. He, when they needed buckets, when they needed stops, when they needed a block, he went and got them. And I will say this, Drew Holiday was a huge addition to that team. You know, his defense and the abilities that he brought to that team uh, I got to talk to him in the mix zone after the gold medal game. And I mean, think about it. He had like a four week run there where he helps win, you know, NBA finals championship, NBA title, and then comes over and helps win a gold medal. Um, and, and yeah, he, he got into the starting lineup PDQ once he got into Japan. So it was really, it was, it was, it was a fun maturation to watch, even as I know that, uh, you know, like in, I think it was the semifinal, the Australians got up on them and, you know, had a big lead. I think it was a 15-point lead at one point in the mm-hmm. first half. And uh, and then they turned on, you know, the Americans turned on a run. And, you know, the, the rest of the world is catching up with, the with you know, U.S. And, you know, people who think that it should be easy for the men uh, didn't pay attention to how many NBA players are on the other teams. Mm-hmm. After the loss to France, people are like, how'd they lose to France? Excuse me. Rudy Gobert, three-time NBA defensive player of the year. Evan Fournier. You know, with the Celtics, these are some guys who, you know, they know Kevin Durant and all these other guys because they play with them on a regular basis throughout the year. Uh, Luka Doncic, you know, he had Slovenia right there posed for, for a medal and, you know, a team that had never made it to the Olympics before. So, you know, things are changing. And, you know, the when when the, the best Americans aren't there, you know, there's this was kind of maybe their B team, if you want to say that. There was no LeBron, there's no Steph Curry. You know, there were a lot of people who didn't go for various reasons, injuries, et cetera. Um, but, you know, Kevin Durant was there, and that's all they needed, it seemed. Teresa Walker from the Associated Press with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Teresa, um, I wanted to ask you before one last question before we get away from the Olympics. What was your favorite moment that you were involved with? Uh, ooh, that's good. Well, I was always on – I only did – basketball so that was a challenging time right um you know so it was game started at 10 a.m and you know the schedule of 52 games started on july 26th and went through you know the only game with the only day where there was not at least two games was that final day with the gold medal game um you know i I have several moments of the games you know, whether it was uh, Brittany Griner swatting away shot after shot after shot by the Japanese women, uh, Japan making 19 threes to end Nigeria's quest to 
to get a, another win for the first time since 04. Uh, they had Ruthie Bolton on that team, and I got to check in with her because she was among the coaches who didn't have credentials and missed the first game of the tournament for Nigeria on, on the sidelines. But my favorite moment might be on July 23rd when I got to walk out of the Narita airport. I mean, guys, I, I didn't have two boxes checked on my form. I did the proper test. I had the negative results, but I didn't have uh, – didn't have those two little boxes checked and because I didn't have anywhere in the test results or the lab website that conducted the, the you know the test saying that it was a nasopharyngeal where they go up and scrape your brain tickle that real good if, if it had that word phrasing in there I'd have gotten through the day before but because it didn't I had to have my husband get the paperwork filled out again properly all the boxes checked get it re-signed uh, and then get it uh, sent to me as a PDF from the clinic so that I could have the customer rep for United print it off and then start the process the next morning. They were saying, hmm, you might have to fly home again. And it's like after getting off a 13-hour-plus plane ride, I didn't want to get on a plane again for another three weeks. And, you know, the prospect of having to tell my bosses, sorry, I'm not going to be able to help, that was not pleasant circumstances. So when I walked out, I could have I sworn there was a chorus of angels singing. <laughs> no doubt that's awesome that's awesome um you went to titan's practice yesterday wednesday, wednesday. that was, it was yesterday. yesterday yes yeah. <laughs> okay um what what did you see um i know it was the day after um josh reynolds wasn't very explosive apparently oh, but, um how 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 did things look in your first day at camp well, kind of boring. I mean, let's be honest, you know, they were working lots of situations and it was almost a walkthrough pace. You know, it was only 80 minutes and, you know, most of the people were watching Julio Jones. You know, I saw Derrick Henry run through some individual stuff. You know, I did see Ryan Tannehill, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill is not expected to play tomorrow night against Falcons. Neither is Derrick Henry. There will be any Caleb Farley. I know. I don't, guys, I'll be honest. You know, last year we didn't have any preseason games and we saw that teams were able to start the season fine. <clears throat> I think, I, I'm curious to see through this preseason how many teams play how many starters, uh, knowing that, you know, these three games are best to figure out, you know, who can push for backups. Like the Titans need to know, can Logan, Logan Woodfight start a game, prepare as if he's the starter and be a guy who can, you know, lead the offense and get some points and, you know, be a true backup in case he's needed behind Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Darrington Evans, you know, we didn't see much of him last year because of the injury. So, you know, he looks like he'll get the start for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, who we know knows how to get himself ready for a season and, and, and perform once that happens. Uh, Julio Jones, you know, he, yes, he, you know, he, they're watching him carefully and keeping an eye on him. We know what we're going to get out of Julio Jones. The question is how many games and you benefit that and expand the ability to have more of that by doing the good things. And that is making sure he's healthy September 12th against Arizona. So uh, I'm just curious to see, you know, like the, the Browns, you know, a lot of their starters aren't going to play in their preseason opener. So I, I think that we're going to see that a lot. And, you know, so for Titan fans, just keep an eye tomorrow, look for the defense, you know, see what, what improvements they've made. You know, can Logan Woodside throw the ball outside the numbers? He knows his offense really well. 
you know, does he have the physical ability to execute this offense the way it needs to be? So, and then just watch for the receivers. We know that Julio Jones and AJ Brown are one A and B. Who are the guys behind them? You know, who, you know, Racy McMath is turning off a lot of heads here in the first couple weeks of camp. Can he keep that up? And can he earn a spot on this roster, not just as a returner and special teamer, but as maybe the sixth wide receiver or better? So those are the things I'm going to say keep an eye on in the game tomorrow night. And then, you know, hey, we, you know, I'll be honest, we're at that point of training camp where it's about making sure guys don't get hurt, that those who are hurt come back. And, you know, going into camp, the guys we were watching most closely, uh, Bud Dupree, Caleb Farley, Taylor Lewan. Taylor started the camp on time. And then Dupree and, and Farley got cleared much quicker than I was anticipating. So if for those two, it's just a matter of making sure they keep adding work and practicing and, and are able to, to start the season on uh, September 12th against Arizona. And, and then we'll see what they do from there. Couple guys who won't be in Atlanta: Kalaja Lipscomb and Adam Coon. Which I was really looking forward to seeing if if Adam would be able to find a way onto this roster, considering he Apparently didn't play not. football at Michigan. But uh, yeah, it was it was a, it was a great social media gimmick, I guess. Well, I know that everybody was rooting for the uh, wrestler, but, you know, you know, and, you know, hey, maybe they like him enough to bring him back next off season, you know, uh, to see if they can continue growing some of those skills. They, they, you know, they took a flyer on a guy to see if a guy who can wrestle, you know, in tight spaces could, you know, maybe translate with a few months of time. And, you know, sometimes those don't work out. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with using your name, your, you know, let's put it this way. You know, I saw some people take, it's like, well, wait a minute, Adam, Bra- you know, Mike Rabel and the Titans brought in a wrestler who's not played football in years and they're fussing, people are fussing about Tim Tebow. Little difference here. Uh, you know, Adam Kuhn at least had, uh, several years on Tim Tebow, uh, and a particular physical skill set that they wanted to investigate. It didn't work out. They didn't waste time once they realized that they could move on and, and add people elsewhere. Perhaps, you know, a season or two with the Spring League or the XFL could be in Adam's future and give him a chance to maybe find a way to play some football. And there's there are things out there, so, hey, you never know. Um, let me ask you this, and this is, has nothing to do with the Titans, Teresa, but uh, Urban Meyer <laughs> won't <laughs> say that the number one overall pick in the draft is his starting quarterback in week one. Is there any chance that that – that Trevor not. Lawrence is not. Uh, if there's, well, let's put it this way: if I were going to put odds on Tre- Tre- Trevor Lawrence being the starter at the beginning of the season, as opposed to Gardner Minshew, who apparently Urban is trying to say that there's still a competition. If there's mm-hmm. still a competition, then did they draft the right Trevor Lawrence? I mean, the quarterback who played at Clemson. That's the only reason why I could imagine. That there's this is even uh, you know th- this feels like coach speak uh, maybe a, a nod a nod try to calm Gardner Minshew's jets but it's like Gardner Minshew it's like you know last year's over Minshew mania is over uh, you, maybe it comes back in the future like Fitz magic but you know at the moment you know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence if it isn't then you know this entire process of trying to do things the right way in, in Jacksonville. You know, what are you really doing? 
<laughs> you tanked for no reason, Jacksonville. What were you thinking? Anyway, Teresa Walker exactly. of the Associated Press. Thanks so much for taking some time with us today. We really appreciate it as always. Get some sleep. I'm going to try. I think it's time for a nap now. There you go. Take a nap, eat some tortellini, we good to go. Or vice versa. Either way, that's going to do it for today's show. For the Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around for Will Davis on WZYX 94.5 The Eagle and the Sports Mix Live coming to you. Going to be great. Tomorrow, we preview a little bit of this uh, jamboree at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll continue our SEC football preview, and we get a chance to talk to John Painter. So, going to be a fun. Make sure to join us 4 o'clock tomorrow. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. From the Lee Company Studio, from Mo Patton and J.P. Plant, I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day and stay cool, Columbia. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast, brought to you by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If you'd like to hear us live each and every weekday, tune in from 4 to 6 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia. Also visit www.sm-tnsports.com for the most comprehensive and timely coverage of high school sports in and around Southern Middle Tennessee.